Next Chapter Podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that. 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to you. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend. The king of these four, Angelo, talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. All right, that is me and Julio or Julio? Julio. Let's call him Julio, down by the schoolyard. It's from Paul Simon's self-titled debut from 1972. It's number 268 out of 500. I can never get this mic where I want it to be. What's up, everybody? You're listening to The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. I am Josh Adam Myers. I'm a comedian. I don't know much about music. Uh, but I talk to famous people that love these albums, and we're going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest. Isn't that cool? All right. Let's get the stuff out of the way. Join our Patreon. We have an incredible crew of people that work on the show. We don't have a lot of ad sales. I think we have some, but not a lot. So right now we're doing this for next to nothing. So help support the journey. Uh, I would love if you could. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. You get free merch and you get to ask questions to all the guests that come on for every record. And we make sure that yours is the good one. Subscribe to the Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon. Also, come see me live, everybody. Uh, Right now, I am in Texas, in Austin. I'm at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. I'll be there until Sunday, where I'll be in L.A. doing the goddamn Comedy Jam with Tiffany Haddish and Adam Ray and Trevor Wallace. And then Monday at the Comedy Store, Shimmy Shimmy Ya with Eliza Schlesinger and David Spade. I'll be doing shows in L.A., Uh, All week, catch me at the Comedy Store, the Improv, all those great places. And then I will be at the La Jolla Comedy Store April 28th through the 30th. Uh, And then you can catch me the 5th and the 6th uh, of May in Baltimore at the Port Comedy Club. Then you can catch me in Jacksonville and in Wilmington in June. Then I'll be in Montreal in July. Then I will be on the Back Road Baptism Tour with Jelly Roll. I'm so excited to do this. Uh, July 28th through October 15th at an arena near you. Get tickets at joshadammyers.com. And yeah, support me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. All right, Paul Simon. If you listen to the podcast for a long time, then you know we have beef with him. He stole from Los Lobos. Um, for Graceland. Look, is he a genius? Yeah, sure. You know who's also a genius? Our guest. Uh, 
Stephen Fury. Uh, you see him on tour with Burt Kreischer. He is a hilarious stand-up comic. Uh, two incredible podcasts, World on Drugs and This Week in Crime. One of the funnest dudes I know, and this was a super fun episode. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500. Listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. JoshAdamMyers.com for tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Paul Simon at 268. Thanks for getting me on it, man. I really appreciate it. Oh my God, dude! I, I, I when I see you perform, you know I'm a fan of yours. You know you're a homie, I've and worked. and 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 so when Emily said it would be that you were up for Paul Simon, I was like, fuck yeah, dude! I mean, I I have such a weird like relationship with him because I used to like him, and then I started finding out shit about him, and then I was like, fuck him, and then so I don't know then, anything about him, but I'm diehard Graceland. All right, yeah. Well, That's so like tell me, how did that happen? Like, so is it just because you're how old are you? I'm 33. You're 33. So you you didn't miss when it came miss. out, but you were young. You must have been young when that came because I think I was. That came out when did Graceland come out, Jeremiah? 90s, probably 98. No, 94. No, no, dude. No fucking way. We're talking like 85. Oh, I'm way too old then for that. 86 86 oh yeah 86 i remember when that came out because i remember the um what was it the the commercial not commercial the music video with chevy chase and him and it was like a big deal because chevy chase was at like the height of his career and paul simon you know i just knew him from you know the records my dad had the records my mom had he's a very adult contemporary artist yeah he's morning coffee you know what I mean? You put it right when you wake up. Perfect. It's, it's easy <laughs> listening, but you're not going to listen at it like 11 at night. Unless you want to go to sleep, but it's not yeah. a good time. I mean, there's people rocking to Paul Simon at 11 at night. You know yeah. what I mean? There are people that like, usually they're like smoking a joint. They're with their loved one. You know what I mean? They're getting ready to watch Jeopardy. Paul Simon, there's the music video. God, Chevy Chase was just the man. He was the he, man. He was the man. It blows my mind that like, how Jesus, why do you have so many tabs open, dude? <laughs> I now want to look at it. Well, also, you know, he's so funny in this and he's just really miming because he doesn't really say anything. He's just like going along with the song and he's still being funny. That's so, how we, so why do you how, how did you fall in love with this? How did you really get into this record? Not this record, but wow. Graceland, which now there's somebody mad at us that you're like, we're talking about Paul Simon, Paul Simon. I well, Graceland for me was it's whereas Paul Simon's a good morning. Graceland was a great house cleaning music. Like when like we're about to clean the house, you put on that, but it was put it made of like a better vibe than just like a normal song. Yeah. And plus I just and then and then in school they took us to see Lady Smith Black Mombazo, the band. Wow, really? Yeah, it was really fucking random. The guy just he said this would be good. And it, they rocked and it was awesome. And I was like the only kid who knew even who they were. And then since then it gave me like a little, I don't know. I felt a little cool. <laughs> I mean, that, the fact, how old were you when, when you saw him? Like fifth grade. Good God. And you knew about him and all the kids are like, who are these fucking black dudes? Yeah, and the <laughs> like, teacher was yeah. like, all right, this guy's fucking cool. Wow. <laughs> it's like Steven. I think Steve Fury is pretty woke right now. He's <laughs> open to all different types of music. Um, 
What, what was that like? What was that concert experience like? What was it just them doing like all songs off Graceland or you no, know, because we, we did one of their records, the indestructible sound of Soweto, which we did with the guy that played Napoleon dynamite, um, who was like a huge fan of that record. And, and it was honest to God, like one of those albums that like I put on. Yeah. It's incredible. They're all incredible. Incredible. Like I loved Lady Smith Black Mamba. I love the indestructible sound of Soweto. I loved. I, I might be fucking up the title, but I know it is definitely Soweto. There were like four tracks on it that I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like, like this rules, and I put it on my little playlist. This, this is the thing about Paul Simon. Even though I don't want to like him because of what he did to uh, Los I don't Lombos. know. So, All right, can I so. Know? Or are we gonna wait? Or do you want to talk no, about that? No, no. Let's let's do it now. Let's open up the show this way. So. We did, um, what did we do, Jared? What, oh, we did Los Don Lobos. Hader? Oh, no, no, yeah. We did Los Lobos, uh, one of their oh. records. What was the record? Look that up, too. It's been years at this point. Um, it was something like, something about the wolf. Yeah, right? little, yeah, yeah. How will the wolf survive? Uh, Frankie Quinones came on to that. Oh, Frankie Quinones, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another, another fucking, uh, fucking North, North Northern Cal. Yeah. I can't. I was gonna say Southern Cal, but North Cal person. Yeah, another. Um, so we did that, and and through the research that we get, uh, I don't know if you want to find this, Jared, just so I don't fuck it up. But mm-hmm. it, it's pretty much that Los Lobos worked with uh, Paul Simon on Graceland, and some of the music. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I see that reaction. If you're not, if you don't have the Patreon, you don't get to see the reaction video he's <laughs> giving right now. But basically, Paul Simon uh, stole music from them, stole some of their sound, and didn't credit them on the record. And if I'm not mistaken, a lawsuit had come out, and we had started this thing on the podcast where like fuck Paul Simon. And that and that hurts because I love Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah. I love the sound of silence. I love Coma Kodachrome. Like great, yeah, anytime like- I take a video of Lekka running in snow, like I just put on Kodachrome. And when I did that right. the last time during that during uh I think it was January, right before January sixth, actually. Uh, my national holiday. Um, right <laughs> yeah, before that, we, we, we were all not white election Kwanzaa. deniers. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. This whole show, he's an election denier. I'm an election denier. No, yeah. but we, I put up a video of the Kodachrome thing and people like fucking shit on me for being a part for doing this podcast. They're like, I thought you fucking hated Paul Simon. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's not like I made merch for it. I yeah. just was like, I was just like, yeah, it was a thing, but you know, there's, there's a lot of good. And I think bad that comes with them. I think he's one of those guys that, that people, if you, if you're successful, you're like, Oh, Paul Simon's the best. But if you're like a guy that was like middle tier, like Los Lobos or some yeah. other artists on that level, they're probably like, fuck him. Cause we know the real him. So I one know. thing about music is I find so, so much different than comedy is with music. I can separate the artist from the art. Sure. You know, like there can be a lot of bad musicians that fuck up. And I mean, look at rappers, really. I mean, everyone, one of my favorite things is when people got mad at this rapper, baby because he called someone gay. And I was like, you know, he shot people before. Like in a Walmart. Like, yeah, yeah, in a Walmart. And like people are getting mad at such weird things. But it's like, and I think in music, we're in comedy. That's the one I, I, I can never change someone like their history with me making them let me laugh. Or is this I can enjoy the music still? Well, I I think the biggest artist of all time, you know, Michael Michael Jackson, Jackson. 
I think Chris Rock said it best. It's like people are, are giving give selective outrage to wait, what do you got there? A dog or a cat? Little cat. Oh, uh, fuck yeah, dude. Cats are perfect because they don't bark. Yeah, she won't <laughs> do it. Halfway in the thing, this is she's for just the like, Patreon. This is just for the Patreon. <laughs> 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 like Steve turned into Dr. Evil. Um, but no, like he said it right. It's like you people are rocking with Michael Jackson, but when it comes to R. Kelly, they're like, ew, turn that off, get that off Spotify. And it's like they both did the exact same thing, but Michael Jackson has better songs. And yes. it's more of a history. It's more, it's more ingratiated into our lives where you know, because, dude, Thriller to me was one of the biggest. I can't believe, by the way, we're putting Paul Simon on the same level as Michael Jackson and R. Kelly right now. There is somebody. Ma- I'm so sorry, guys, to the, all the Fleece Army. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's get to this record. Let's get to this fucking. Well, first of all, we're dude, button. really nice place to be recording it. This must be your podcast station. Yeah, yeah, this is my little, <laughs> little pod area. I got all my favorite stuff in the back. You know, during the pandemic. You just had to have a backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'll put whatever I got in my childhood bin. I went home and grabbed random childhood bin once again, just for the Patreon users. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then two fans so, send me some uh, Simpsons stuff. All right. Are you a big Simpsons fan? I'm assuming. Yeah. I, you know what? Actually, I got a crazy take. I think they got good again. I haven't watched any of the new seasons since I think I, I think my cutoff was around 22 and I watch every night. I fall asleep to the Simpsons from like from season three until about season season. Like I'd say about about in the twenties, but I, yeah. I recently I've watched those that, that chunk between three and 16. So, yeah. so much that like, I don't even have to look at it. I know what's happening. So now I'm actually getting a kick watching the later seasons. And it's just still, it's fucking, it's, it's like matzo ball soup, man. I put it on. I feel comfortable. I can go right to bed. I love it. What's your, uh, I wouldn't take mine's now King of the Hill. Really? I'll put King of the Hill. I fucking love it. It's just so funny. Just a sitcom. That's fucking cartoon. I've never watched King of the Hill, but the Simpsons, who's your favorite Simpsons character? Wow. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm a Bart guy because you know we're, we're almost like the same exact age. They were born, they were starting in '89. I was mm-hmm. in '89. Bart, but then if you went smaller, I like Barney. I like a big drunk's fun. Barney rules. Um, I have I don't know if you know this, and we can probably see. I have Agnes Skinner, Principal uh-huh. Skinner's mom, tattooed on my arm, <laughs> right there. Did you, did you see the episode when he turns out to be a fraud? Skinner. Skinner oh, took yeah. a man's identity. Yeah, of course. Come on, dude. Oh, okay. That's like that's like episode like that's like that's like season fucking twelve, bro. Oh, okay. Come on, man. That's in my that's in my my wheelhouse. Oh. But I love it was because I think most kids when you first start watching The Simpsons are fans of of Bart, and then the older you get, you realize that Homer is the fucking star of that show. Homer is yeah. just, I mean, he's the Paul Simon. This is how I'm bringing it back <laughs> to Paul Simon. All right, here, let me give a little doodad about what this record is, because this is, was this the first time you ever listened to this record? Uh, record front to back, but I'm a huge fan of Mother and Child Reunion, me and Julio, obviously, Fire. Yeah. Um, oh, this is hits. There's, there's hit after hit on this. Yeah, there's this hit is, after hit. It's yeah. a great record. I, I did not have a hard time listening to this. So this is... Paul Simon's first studio album uh, as a solo artist after his breakup with longtime music partner Art Garfunkel. Big ups, Art. What's he doing? If any musical justification were needed for the breakup, it could be found on this striking collection, Paul Simon's post-split debut. 
from the opening cut, Mothered and Child Reunion, which was a top 10 hit, Simon, who had snuck several subtle, sub, sub, subtle, <laughs> subtle, 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 <laughs> subtle. Now, we'll edit that in post. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. I'm nope. stupid. Hold on, let me leave that in. Subtle. That's a hard word. <laughs> subtle. Musical explorations into the general. No, I'm kidding. Generally. Generally. Conservative. SNG sound. It, they broke free. Uh, the, the lead track herald. The rise of reggae with an exuberant track recorded in Jamaica for a song about death. It was miles removed from the ballad style of Bridge Over Troubled Water and signaled that Simon was a versatile songwriter as well as an expressive singer with a much broader range of musical interests than he had previously demonstrated. Um, and then a little side note, sometimes when musicians or a famous athletic duo split up, there's always debate about who is better after the split or if the accepted better half or Batman needs his Robin to be good. This album proved Paul Simon could flourish without his former partner. So this is the first record post the Paul Simon and Garfunkel breakup. Wow. I did not know that. Um, what a great record to come out fucking just you smack you with your dick. Just yeah, it definitely hit uh, Garfunkel in the balls. <laughs> he's like, he's not going to do better. What was that? Mother and child reunion? Son of a bitch. Also, though, you know, he stole. So this is when he starts stealing, right? He start or taking influence from reggae. Sure. And then he goes into Africana and then he does Los Lobos, which is Mexican. If he steals from a Chinese band, he'll make the whole trifecta. He steals from BTK, like, or BTS, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. BTK, it. BTK is the serial killer, bind, torture, kill. BTS, Korean. Yeah, uh, yeah I mixed that one up. That's a, that's a, that's an easy mix up. Both equally geniuses in their own way. Um, <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. All right, where are we? Let's find out about what happened before this record, just so about Paul Simon, so we get a little history on him. So Paul Frederick Simon was born in 1941 in Newark, New Jersey, to Hungarian Jewish parents. Both of his parents were teachers, his dad a college professor, and his mother an elementary school teacher. His father was also a double bass player and band dan and dance band leader that performed under the name Lee Sims. They moved to Kew Gardens in Queens when Paul was four years old. Donald Fagan of Steely Dan described Simon's childhood as that of a certain kind of New York Jew, almost a stereotype, really, to whom music and baseball were very important. 
Uh, he's quoted saying, I think it has to do with the parents. The parents are either immigrants or first generation Americans who felt like outsiders and assimilation was the key thought. They gravitated to black music and baseball looking for an alternative culture. Uh, Simon, upon hearing Fagan's description, said it isn't too far from the truth. Uh, Simon met Art Garfunkel here. And we're in the meet now when they were both 11 years old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They were homies, dude. Uh, yeah. Fucking Paul ditched him. I know. That's fucked up. That's like that's your boy. 11? Your, what is that? Ele- fifth grade? Yeah. Who's, who's the oldest friend you have? You know what? Actually, man, I'm friends with almost everybody. I've, I got like a group of, I got my best friend from kindergarten still. What's his name? Sam Achando. He's a fireman. In first grade, he told me he was going to be a fireman and he became one. It's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen anybody do. Really? Called it, bro. Called it in first grade. When did you say you wanted to be a stand up comic, though? Uh, honestly, God, third grade. Third grade? Mm hmm. Dude, I I'm telling you. Write jokes and jokes on people all the time. Right. So much like that. When I, I think I've talked about this on here before, but my dad asked me when I was 13 years old what I wanted to be. And I was like, well, I want to be a rock star, but I also want to be a stand-up comedian. And he goes, well, you can't do that. And dude, if he would still be alive because he died in 2010, I would rub it in his fucking <laughs> face. I'd be like, I fucking told you. It's told just like you. Paul Simon with Garfunkel. I did, oh. baby. You said I think I would do it. Beep, 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 beep. Get your curly haired ass out of here, you fucking half bald, union, Dad. half bald, half hair, having head, motherfucker. Yeah, the seventies um, had some funky haircuts. Yeah, so, uh, Garfunkel's was definitely well. I, you know, Paul is Paul's like five foot two. Find out how tall Paul is. He's got to be like five two, five three. Art Garfunkel looks like he's about six seven. With the Art Garfunkel has the sideshow Bob haircut. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He has that that very interesting. I mean, Garfunkel has to be Jewish. Garfunkel has to be. Yeah. <laughs> nope. He's Nigerian. <laughs> Chevy Chase oh, six those four. Up. Chevy Chase six four. Paul Simon five three. So that that's what I said. That's exactly oh, what said I said. Yeah. All right. So they meet at when they're both eleven. They perform in a production of Alice in Wonderland for their sixth grade graduation. They began singing together when they were thirteen. Occasionally performing at school dances. Shortly after, at the age of twelve or thirteen, Simon wrote their first song, "The Girl for Me," for him and Art Garfunkel. According to Simon, it became the neighborhood hit. <laughs> His father wrote the words and chords on paper for the boys to use. That became the first officially copyrighted. Paul Simon, an Art Garfunkel song, and is now in the Library of Congress. In 1957, in their mid-teens, they recorded the song Hey Schoolgirl under the name Tom and Jerry, a name that had been given to them by label Big Records. The single reached number 49 on the pop charts. And how, wait, how old are they? They're in their mid-teens. Between 57 and 64, Simon wrote and recorded and released more than 30 songs, which included a period where both were attending different colleges. Most of the songs Simon recorded during that time were performed alone or with musicians other than Garfunkel. The duo occasionally reunited as Tom and Jerry for some singles, including Our Song and That's My Story. They were they released, they were released on minor record labels. In early 64, Simon and Garfunkel auditioned for Columbia Records, whose executive Clive Davis signed them to produce the album. Columbia decided that the two were called Simon and Garfunkel instead of Tom and Jerry. According to Simon, that was the first time artist surnames had been used in pop music without their first names. 
They broke through in 65 with the song Sound of Silence. They would become two of the biggest rock stars in the world by 69. I mean, it's crazy. Rock stars? <laughs> this is the wrong term. <laughs> I think that's the wrong term. Two of the biggest adult contemporary queef yeah. music. <laughs> I also love to imagine going to that sixth grade musical. You're like, I do not want to fucking go to this. And then you find yourself crying in a cafeteria. <laughs> this is the most beautiful art I've ever seen. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty. I mean, like it's listen, it's like when, when you know, you know, and if you're in your teens and you're already getting signed and you're, you're getting out there, especially just, I hate to say this, but just like two white dudes, you know, in an era when black music is like the fucking, you know, like you're getting, I mean, maybe they saw him as like a young Stevie Wonder. I mean, he, Paul Simon has been, has had his finger on the pulse of music up until maybe a few years ago. And I even remember a few years ago, Toll Wilkenfeld played for me a Paul Simon album on the ride back from Irvine. And I was like, fuck, this is really good. And it's not even just that it's good. It felt, it felt fresh. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was like him retreading some old music that he had done before. Um, all right, so listen, so they work on their final album, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Simon and Garfunkel's relationship had deteriorated at that point. I just wanted out, Simon said, at the urging of his wife, Peggy Harper. Simon called Davis to confirm the duo's breakup. For the next several years, they spoke only two or three times a year. Um, Damn. So can you find out why they fought? Yeah. What was the big breakup? I'm very, very curious. I see it here. Right, it's, go ahead, uh, read it, because I got up my window. Let's take well, a bet. Let's take a bet. Okay, go for it. Is it gonna be money, a girl, or ego? I think it's ego. I definitely think it's ego. I, I don't think I do. Paul Simon, it's ego, right? Well, while still signed to Big Records as a duo, Simon released a solo single, "True or False," under the moniker True Taylor. This, it transpired, upset Garfunkel, who believed it to be a betrayal. This would be the start of the buildup of emotional tension that would end the duo in '70. 1970 since to your homie since though fucking what was it fifth grade Oof. that sucks yeah our middle name by the way is ira still he looks like an ira <laughs> still, <laughs> ira garfunkel jewish art art ira garfunkel come on yes. dude so jewish all right so this is so this is paul's first record as a solo artist and and let's talk about some of the stuff that we've got on here to uh you know to really dig into because this is like this is a pretty you know this is a i mean for for coming out as your as your first record it doesn't sound like simon and garfunkel as much it really sounds like a paul simon record am i right or am i wrong i would say i'd say for me it was like it definitely had some sprinklings of simon and garfunkel you know because some of it is really slow like the duncan is very slow and kind of sad, kind of the shit they used to do. But then he's got far more reggae, reggae vibes and stuff like that. But it's, I mean, I like it more than most Simon and Garfunkel. See, I haven't listened to enough Simon and Garfunkel except for the music my mom would play. Um, but I like the hits, man. God yeah. damn, dude, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what else? Sound of Silence, we've mentioned all of these. What? What's some other big ones? Uh, I have no idea off the top of my Mr. head. Right? Mrs. Robinson. That's got a higher beat. Like, I like that one more. It's more uplifting. That was shit, you know, I can't be listening to sad shit all the time. He won so many Grammys. It's insane. But just look at these hits. Like, still crazy after all these years. These are all great. These are all that he's been nominated for, huh, too? 
Yeah, no, so I'm go, in. So go back up because it says here on my little skadoodle, it says Paul Simon has won 12 Grammy Awards, one of them for a Lifetime Achievement Award, and five Album of the Year nominations. The most recent for You're the One in 2001, he is one of only six artists to have won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year more than once as the main credited artist, which is fucking impressive. Crazy, yeah. In 98, he has entered, he was entered into the Grammy Hall of Fame for the Simon and Garfunkel album Bridge Over Troubled Water. He received an Oscar nomination for Best Original Song for the song Father and Daughter in 2001. He is also a two-time inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I vote for. Really? Yeah, I do. Here, I'll... It's right over there. That's so cool. That is pretty cool. Thank you, Tom Morello. Thank you, Tommy M. Yeah, dude, I vote for, this is my ballot. This is it for this year. Say what? Did you just get it? Like right yeah, now, I, I get it. And then I do a little Instagram video where I'm like, all right, everybody, this is who's nominated. And then I try to sing like a little, a little, I try to sing like a little doodad from everybody. So I like flip through and I'm like, I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, fucking who's, who do we got here? We've got Kate Bush. Run it up that hill. She definitely got a late ad because of that song. This is as, according to Morty. So I ran into Morty comes to any of the when I do shimmy or I do the jam at the store and he shows up. He's one of the past writers of the show. Big ups. We love you, DJ Morty Coyle. His new record. We're going to play it on on uh, one of the episodes. We got to start promoting yeah. it because it's, it. it's, it's a huge, huge win for Morty. Um, and he said to me something that was so legit. He goes, if you, Kate Bush, this is the only time. If she doesn't get it this year, she's never going to get it because she had a fucking explosion. I've never watched Strange. I watched the first season of Stranger Things and then I kind of was like, meh. I just never had more time to get into Same. it. And it's like, but I just remember like every Instagram and TikTok video had a Kate Bush song on it. Mm-hmm. So that bitch made money i know and then after after i bet thinking that you're like that career's dead but i don't think she was smashing it like she was in the 80s if she ever was and then you just have this you i mean i would listen to it like i'd never listened to kate bush before and i'd put that on playing video games feel like i'm in a fucking movie star it was awesome all right here we go here's here's we gotta vote for that's all (laughs) we got kate bush one we only vote for five Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden, Joy Division slash New Order, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, The Spinners, A Tribe Called Quest, The White Stripes, and Warren Zevon. All right, Jared, put it up. Put it up. Share your screen. Put it up so so we can look at this. And to all the listeners out there that we'll get back to the record, like, this is really important. I need help because I get yelled at by Morty for saying I wanted to vote in Soundgarden. He was like, this is their first year. Like, so Warren Zevon, Warren Zevon and Kate Bush, this is it. If they don't get in this year, they're never going to get in. Um, uh, Iron Maiden was the one. You have to get Iron Maiden have in. have to get Iron Maiden. You have to get, Maiden. You have to get Elliot. I mean, if they're doing rappers, I don't know yeah. how you don't. See, I don't, I don't think so. Here's. Dude. Right, now you got it up. Hold up. 
So here's the deal. Here's who I've got. I, I one rage against the machine. Yeah, I, there's uh, that's why I'm on this list. I am a ringer for to. Tom and Brad. Like, <laughs> I, I, I to have to vote them. But yeah, in. I even said to him, I was like, I'm getting you in this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rage. I've got I've got Rage Against the Machine. I've got George Michael as my second pick because God, dude, there's a documentary about George Michael that's on the Delta flights. It's it's so good. And it makes me fall in love with him. So like, I'm, I'm just the biggest George Michael fan in the fucking world. Big ups to him. He rules. So I've got rage, George Michael, iron maiden, because you got to get iron maiden in because they rule. Then I've got this where it gets tricky sound garden. And I get one more and I want to pick a tribe called quest because a tribe called quest is, is one of my favorite hip hop groups of all time. Um, who are your five Jer? I would definitely stay Missy Elliott. Dude, this is so hard. Your job is not easy. It's fun, but Joy Division, New Order, oh, Rage, yes. Stop coming in your pants. Willie Nelson. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Put, put, put New your order. hands in the screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, New Order. Oh. Mom's up. Mom's up. <laughs> Willie Nelson, because he lives on Maui. So, you know, we're like neighbors. So that's me being braggadocious. Soundgarden. Dude, I can't do this. I, tried you to call five. I think I'd pick six just now. You got to pick five, dude. Uh, I think it's one of these things where it's like maybe some of these will get in later, right? There's there's a window. Is that what you're saying about Kate Bush? She can't be on I the think, list forever. I, I think that, but no, but she's never gonna have an, a more a year that is like where she's she's she had more. She probably made more money than most of those bands that are on there because that song blew up her sales. Like she charted again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's the same thing. It's like Warren Zevon. He should have been in years ago, and and so I might vote him in just because. And Morty is very influential over me. He still <laughs> he still controls me like a Svengali. And <laughs> read this. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Morty. Please, I I want to I want to like definitely definitely George Michael and Rage Against the Machine are my two definites. I want to put Soundgarden. Uh, and then I might do Iron Maiden and then I, I might pick Warren Zevon just because Warren Zevon's dead and like he needs to be in. And I because I know everybody else is going to vote for Kate Bush. Steve, who do you got? I pick just five. don't understand what the parameters are. Am I going my favorite bands? Am I going most important bands? Am I going most rock and roll bands? Longevity? I, th- Longevity? I think no, I know. No, but no, but you got it. No, no, no. Steve, that's actually a really good point. You, you have to keep put all of that into consideration. Okay. You have to put then, all of that. So, so, so don't just look at it like these are my favorite. Cause I'm, if I'm doing that, then I'm going Rage, Soundgarden, A Tribe Called Quest, Iron Maiden, George Michael. Like that's it. It's like there's no other. I, I've Cheryl Crow, I like Missy Elliott, you know. Yeah, I'm zin, I'm zin, I'm zin, I'm zin, yeah, no, She's like, a lot more than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. But, but that's what is she, but is she my favorite? No. You know, I feel like I she should go, be with Timbaland. I feel like her and Timbaland need to go. Together. I mean, she did, yeah, Timbaland. But a lot of people, Timbaland made a lot of people's careers. Um, I would go for sure, uh, Rage Against the Machine, for sure, Iron Maiden. But I don't know what the rock and roll. Are we just talking about music? Then I'd have to go Missy Elliott. Okay, just do do your five. Do your and five. I'd have to go Willie because I mean okay. he's fucking huge. And Willie then Nelson. I would throw in. It's the White hard one. Stripes. White white stripes, really? But no, because we're talking about this is where it gets hard. Do we pick our favorite? Do we pick important to us? Or do we pick most important to music? Yeah. I do not. Did I say I'll get rid of white stripes and do Joy Division, New Order? 
I feel like they're, really they're more important to music. Like if I'm thinking of like a Hall of Fame, like a like I'm thinking of sports. So if like the guy still didn't really like his team, but I thought he like changed kind of music, uh, the game and all this kind of stuff. Then I would go on that and I would throw Joy Division in there. Like that's why I think about them one day. I don't think they get in because they they only have a couple albums, right? I think it's kind of cheating. It's, I mean, they had a big impact, but they weren't around for that long. I don't think a Tribe Called Quest was around that long. No, no, they weren't. I mean, five, five, six records. Oh, and, but, but, Low End Theory is is you know top ten hip hop record in my opinion ever made. Um, Midnight Marauders. I mean, dude, it's, these are all like important records to me. And Soundgarden is like arguably, I mean, dude, Kim Thale is my buddy. I'm going to see him in, in, in fucking Seattle in the end of the year when I'm doing okay. laughs and, and Rage Against the Machine is like one of the most important bands in my lifetime for me, sure. you know, Kate Bush, I don't give a fuck about Cheryl Crow. What, you know, if it makes you happy, yeah, just, if, you, if you let Cheryl Crow, uh, Crow, and you're gonna have to let in so many like Lilith Fair acts that are the same level. You know, you can't. Right, dude, dude, don't talk shit about Lilith Fair, dude. Sarah McLaughlin would slap you with her titties, dude. <laughs> I'm that not shit. talking shit about it. I'm, I'm just saying once that whales. <laughs> I'm just saying once you do that, once you break the bridge, a lot more people would have to be considered. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Here's who I think is going to get in. This is who I think. This is not who I vote in. This is who I think is going to get in. I think it's going to be Kate Bush. It's going to be Warren Zevon. It's going to be Willie Nelson. It's going to be George Michael. And then it gets... And then I think you get... Fuck, man. I think the Rage or Iron? I, I, dude, Maybe I don't next know. Year? I, I Rage might get, it's just, Rage might not get in this year. I hope they do, but they could, but also Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden could be the year, but like, it's weird, man. A lot of the critics like don't like Iron Maiden. They just don't, you know? But Kate Bush, it's like, this is, she was on it last year, and I, and this is before that song. And I was like, Kate Bush. And then that song blew up and I ate my words. I was like, fuck it, dude. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, all these people get in. Uh, and don't forget, dude, Beck got left off this year, I think, because Beck didn't get it. This He didn't get it last year. Because even Emily, our booker, was like, she gets mad at me when I post who I'm going to put up. She goes like, she's like, Josh, Beck, it's his first year. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. That's what I like. <laughs> I'm going to be 100% honest. I didn't know people cared about this that much. Dude, 
And the director of this, the director of the HBO, this is what's so cool about working in this business, Steve, because you probably work with him too, working with Burton shit. Um, it's Joel Gallen. Joel Gallen directs the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on HBO, the telecast. He also just directed Chris Rock's new special because Joel's yeah, like one, of the, he's he's one of the best. He's all the time. Yeah, and then on top of that, he directed my uh, hour special for Comedy Central and the series for the goddamn Comedy Jam. And on top of that, he his first directing credit was directing Pearl Jam Unplugged, which Whoa, is legendary. one of my favorite yeah. unplugs. And, and, it, and it, it's up there with Nirvana and Alice in Chains without somebody dying. Yeah. Them doing Porch. Still is one of my favorite performance when he writes pro-choice on his arm. Yeah. We did that. We're going to do that at uh, at Bonfire this year, maybe. And I'm going to write on my arm. <laughs> I'm going to write on my arm, not pro-choice. I'd be like Chick-fil-A or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much better than the Grammys, though. I feel like, I mean, it's all politics, I'm sure, to a degree. But, like, the Grammys are just like, did you sell more albums than everybody else? I feel like. You know, oh, not so much, man. The Grammys is turned. See, this is what like Paul Simon and this is I'm going to bring it back to all of this and kind of lump it together is Paul Simon is a is a Grammy darling. There are people that are Grammy darlings that they're what they put out. Bob Dylan can put out. He could fart in a microphone and they're going to give him album of the year nomination. That's every dude. Time out of mind. Was the, that record, that one album of the year, if I'm not mistaken, we did that record. I, I did it. I did it with Tom Hanks' wife, Steve. And fucking, well I mean, just, I, I I hated that album. And the worst part was I'm with Tom Hanks' wife. She doesn't know me. I can't be honest with her. She's saying that's genius. And then. Well, this, you barely this, know her. You're calling her Tom Hanks' wife. <laughs> <laughs> Rita. Oh, Rita you mean Rita? Rita wasn't. Rita wasn't You mean you mean Rita? Tom, if I, if I just said Rita Wilson, most people are like uh, who? And I'm like Tom Hanks' wife. Oh yeah. But so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, and then they also do this. The Grammys do this a lot. I don't know if the the Hall of Fame does this as much, but the Grammys will screw somebody on an album that should have won. And then they put out a record years later and they give it to him. They did it with Steely Dan. They did Odelay. it with, uh, they did it with Beck. Beck deserved it for Odelay. He deserved it for Sea Change and Midnight Vultures, three of his best records. And then they gave it to him for uh, Morning, not Morning Wood. <laughs> That's what it should be called. <laughs> By the way, I'm going, I'm taking mushrooms this weekend with Burr. We're going to see Billy Joel at SoFi. So I'll be Whoa, in LA. I'll be in L- oh, yeah. I'll be nice. in LA. Yeah, I'll be in LA uh, Thursday and Friday. I'm doing I'm doing the Hollywood Improv on Thursday. I haven't done the Hollywood Improv in fucking many many moons. They've been Since doing good. Midnight uh-huh. snack. They're, they've been those. doing good. They're selling good. Brent Biddlecombe went over there. The guy, you know, Brent. Of course, he he was yeah. social media for the comedy store that built it up to what it was. Everybody wants to say Joe Rogan, and it's like yes, but Brent Brenton fucking he dude the guy dude Jeremiah we have a friend. And I'll admit this on air right now. We have a friend that is so good at fantasy football. He won a million dollars on DraftKings or one of those. You didn't know that, Steve? Oh, no. He won a couple more times, too. This yes. Year. So he, this is, I'm saying this to y'all. Do not tell the people in my fantasy football league, which you know each and every one of them, Jeremiah. It's Maury, Drew, fucking Scotty, all of the friends we grew up with. 
Brenton is my co-owner of my fantasy football team. He helps me draft. I was at Big J Okerson's house drafting, and Brenton was on the phone with me, and I'd be like, all right, here's who we got available. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, get, get fucking this guy, DK Metcalf. Get this fucking dude. Dude, I won the league. So and, and it's crazy. It's, he's been helping me for years. Every year we get fucked. This year we won. He was called. He called it halfway in the season. He goes, you have the best team. And I won. And the best part was, and, and Steve, you, you know, sports, obviously, right. You know, football, I'm assuming yeah. uh, my, the guy I was playing Maury, who is the GM of the league. He's the head, he's the commish. He's everything. He's also a fucking piece of shit and I love him, <laughs> but he's a piece of shit. He like an idiot didn't start like Devonte Parker. He didn't start Tom Brady. He, he, his lineup sucked so bad. He brought in these other players just thinking that, no, I know football and these guys are going to do better than three of the best players I have on my team. He left 114 points on his bench and like scored 70 in the game. And I was just like, I was, and so I started making up all the, Oh, <laughs> you, need you need a Brenton, dude. Brenton's the Paul Simon of, of uh, <laughs> gotta bring maybe, this back, dude. Maybe you're the Paul Simon and he's the Los Lobos. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Let's ask this question that Adam wrote <laughs> Is Paul Simon an American treasure? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like an old treasure that you don't really care about anymore. Like an air, like a, like you're like a passed down wedding dress from your grandma. It's like nice to have, but I don't really need it anymore. Nor do I want it around all the time. But it, I'm happy it was there. It's an heirloom. It's an heirloom. It's an American heirloom, is what he is. Well, think about this though. I mean, dude, Graceland was an enormous record. Like, yeah. like how how big? Let me see if I can find the stats on this record because because this you know this oh here it is. This is all perfect. All right, so let's just talk about this. Is, so this is his first solo record almost two years after the breakup, released in 72, recorded in San Francisco and Kingston, Jamaican, Jamaica. Uh, he explored different musical styles and would later develop into his work, such as The Rhythm of the Saints. The Rhythm is of the Saints tonight. Dun, 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 dun. Rhythm of the Saints. In Graceland. The album topped the charts in the UK, Japan, and Norway, reached number four on the US Billboard Pop Albums, and was certified platinum in 1986. Uh, this was t- technically actually his second solo studio record. His first studio album was recorded in England in 65, but remained unreleased in the US until 81 when it appeared in the five LP Collected Works box set. Originally released on Columbia Records, Paul Simon was then issued under the Warner Brothers label, is now back on. Columbia through Sony, just in case everybody was wondering his label. <laughs> he went through Sony, did some stuff with with bit with Bad Boy Records. Then he came back. Oh, that was right. <laughs> then he came back, worked worked with Hot Boys for a second over at <laughs> Scott Storch. It was a big Scott Storch guy. Two albums with no limit, and then brought it back to Columbia after a short stint under the RZA label. <laughs> he was definitely one of the Wu Tang members. Yeah, he's he's the tenth. He's actually it was between it was between him and uh, and Capadonna. Yeah, yeah, god damn it, Capadonna. Jay, remember when you met Capadonna at your yes. dorm room? He smoked uh, uh, not hemp. No, he smoked uh, opium in our bathroom in our dorm in university of maryland did you hit it 
he banged out. Uh, no, no, he, he uh, hooked up with a couple girls, him and his buddy down one floor below us, right below my room. What was that like? What was that like suddenly as a Wu-Tang fan? Because did you know it was Capadonna cool. immediately? Oh, yeah. But he was, uh, I mean, he was chill. I mean, he was very nice to me. Well, he's on opium. He should be pretty cool. I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be honest, he didn't really do much. <laughs> he, he just he kind of sat there, just drooled a little bit. He was a pretty chill, pretty chill guy. Cool guy. <laughs> just had orgies in the dorm, yeah. smoking opium. Normal Capadonna stuff. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. That is so funny. I remember when you had that whiteboard with him. He signed it, didn't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do remember that, dude. I, I remember I, I remember that dorm room, too, because I took LSD with uh, with Matt and all them. And 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 uh, and I thought I jumped out the window and they were like, what are you? I'm like freaking out. They're like, Why are you freaking out? It's like I jumped out the window. You're like, you're on the bed. I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> like, Woo! thank God. The worst is psychedelics in those small dorm rooms. You got to get yeah, out. Yeah, you got to go outside, dude. Yeah, I'll be outside. Or he would, you have to be outside at a concert surrounded by about 85,000 white people singing Uptown Girl. <laughs> That's what you do. The lights are going to be crazy at SoFi, right? Oh, I, I've never been there, so I'm so excited. Yeah, awesome. yeah. and he got us like fucking fourth row. Dude, we're like, like, I'm going to like, like, like the spittle from singing, you know, moving out. <laughs> it's going to like hit me, you know, you did me nothing but a big shot. <laughs> I'd be like, big, uh. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, ah. <laughs> all those fucking like white girls on OnlyFans that are doing like the Asian like ah they all cross their eyes ah pornography we can talk about that later so this is the first of two times we'll be talking about Paul Simon's work on the podcast 1986's Graceland came in at 71 as for Simon and Garfunkel we are going to talk about them three times ooh Bookends came in at 234 Parsley Sage Rosemary and Thyme at 202 and uh, paprika and uh, spice. <laughs> paprika and oregano. Saffron did well. <laughs> Slow cooking the meat came in at 404. Bridge over troubled water at 51. And the person who wrote this was hungry. I, I just want to keep going with these weird album title names. Bridge over troubled water at 51. Train derailment in East Palestine at 22. And another train derailment. And another. And, 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 uh, and uh, get out, get out of here, Buttigieg at 44. Um, in the 2020 re-rank, Steve, which is like the the that came, this the re-rank was so the out this list that we're doing was uh, 2012. And in 2020, uh, they they re-ranked everything uh, with with more people of color. So all the albums got all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so on the re-rank, this album dropped 157 spots to 425, which is which is big. That, that this means it's an important record if it's it's on the new list. Um, Bridge over troubled water. I can't even talk. Bridge over troubled water dropped 121 spots to 172. While Graceland climbed 25 spots to 46, your favorite record. Yeah. And two other Simon and Garfunkel albums did not make the cut. Um, all right, let's talk about some tracks on this record. What are, what are some of your favorites? I think we have to talk about Mother and Child Reunion. Yep. And uh, Me and Julio is my favorite. Yeah. So, th favorite. so this title track has its origin in a chicken and egg dish called Mother and Child Reunion that Paul Simon saw on a Chinese restaurant's menu. 
the song's lyrics were inspired by a pet dog that was run over and killed. It was the first death Simon personally experienced. He began to wonder how he would react if the same happened to his first wife, Peggy Harper. Somehow, there was a connection between this death and Peggy, and it was heaven. I don't know what the connection was, but I hope she gets hit by a car like this dog. Why would he say that? <laughs> I know, that's crazy. But he did leave stuff, her man. just like he left Simon. Yeah, he left everybody, and he was only focused on himself. He is, he's, he's, who is, he, didn't he date, uh, who has he dated? Check out who's dated who.com. That's, that's my new website. You ever go to that? That's me short or he'd be seen as like a little baby Bjorn on like some model's chest. Uh, Dude, he's, he's, don't listen. He's packing. He's packing. He's packing. I, I, I think he, he did a Carrie Fisher. That's a good one. 83 to 84. That's prime fish. Prime fish, fish, dude. That's fresh, fresh, fresh. It's fresh. Oh, you really are. And who's dated who? Fuck yeah, dude. This website. Were you ever going to this? No, this is awesome. So this tells you who's dated who, who's rumored to have dated who. Um, yeah, I should be on here under the Brittany Furlon one, but I guess I don't know how to prove one day. It. One day, Shelly Duvall. God damn, all the just the what, dude? Look at this. All right, so he's he asking. He's dated no, Edie Brickell. Uh, Edie Brickell uh, does that song like, uh, I'm not aware of too many things. I know yeah. what I know if you know what I mean. Philosophy, never said my material box religion. We used to cover that. Um, Shelly Duvall, she was really cute uh, in the 70s. Uh, Carrie Fisher, I mean, is drop dead gorgeous yeah, before the opiates show. and the drugs. Yeah. Um, Edie Brickell, is he still with Edie Brickell? No, yeah, I think he, so. Edie Baskins is a chick from uh, SNL. Who? Go down. Four. I was, I was like, how do I know her? That's she not Edie Baskin. That's, that's what's her face? Oh, the picture's the chick from SNL. Yeah, I know that. But the pic, that picture is... Not her. Not Lorraine Newman. That might be who is, who is the chick in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? She's like, she gives, she's talking about the Alamo. It's her. That's who that is. Bus? Jeannie, it's Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers. That's who it is. Yep. Nope. No, wait, that's a, uh, doesn't, uh, what's his name, Gator? I'm going to look it up right now. This is uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Are you doing it? Alamo. Alamo Tour Guide is fucking... It's not Edie Baskin. It is. Who played the tour guide? It is Jan Hooks. Yeah. Uh, That's Jan Hooks, everybody. In case you're wondering, if you're on the Patreon, whoo, this is, this ooh, is, oh, ooh, <laughs> all right, close that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need to see that. All right. Um, Simon recorded Mother and Child Reunion in Jamaica using Jimmy Cliff's musicians. Um, if you don't know, those are the band members from Toots and the Maytals, who we talked about on this podcast. He was instructed by the musicians on the differences among reggae, ska, and bluebeat. He felt awkward at first because he was the only white guy there, and I was American. Um, this is uh, the first single. As a solo artist, he reached number one in South Africa and number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And Billboard ranked it as the f- number 57 song of 72. What else? What's another one? Me and Julio? You got to do beginning aside to Julio. (laughs) The song's about two boys, me and Julio. 
who have broken a law, although the exact law that has been broken is not stated. Um, I like to believe it is a nice B and E. When the mama pajama finds out what they have done, she yeah. goes to the police station to report the crime. The individuals are later arrested but released when a radical priest intervenes. When asked what mama pajama saw that made her so distraught in the song, Simon replied, I have no idea what it is. Something sexual is what I imagine. But when I say something, I never bothered to figure out what it was. Didn't make any difference to me. So, wait, me and Julio are predators. Yeah, did they rape someone or are they fucking? <laughs> well, to keep this in mind, this is what, 70, when year did this come out, Jer? This album? Yeah. Well, 72? I can't remember. Because gay was illegal back then. It was, 72. It You're right, 72. 72. Gay was, they were fighting for their rights. They were so fighting. They, so this is a song about two young boys raping somebody. <laughs> Could be. In a schoolyard. Could be. What's the sexual crime besides that? They were just raping each other. There's nothing wrong with that. It's consensual. Yeah. <laughs> it's consensual rape. The fans are going right. to love this. <laughs> if they, uh, if they listen, love Paul man. Simon. No, but they know it. They saw it coming because Paul Simon's an asshole. Yeah, we've all, we've all just got, we, listen, what do you want? What do you want from me? Are you, did you subscribe to the Patreon? Have you? Person out there listening? You should. If you have, you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You can send me a message at 500podcast at gmail.com and tell me, <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me whatever you want. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Um, all right, let's see. Simon made a video for this song. What else? Is there anything else, Jared, like that, that's let's worth talking about? Let's watch this video for a second, because I think it's kind of cool. You got, uh, what, Biz Marquee, Big Daddy Kane. Oh, wow. Is at the very what? beginning of it. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I've never seen this. And then uh, John Madden and Mickey Mantle make an appearance at the end of it. Dude, his music videos were smacking back then. Yeah, I mean, this is you're getting you're getting Big Daddy Kane and Biz Marquee at like the height of their fame. And John Madden? Yeah, John Madden's in it. God, dude, 80s hip hop is the coolest shit ever. It Mickey really Mantle. was. And then towards the end, John Madden does something, it says. I do love how oh, look at this. Paul it's Simon crazy. is the only white guy in this video. He's like trying to hoop at Rucker Park. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta box out the guy and make sure you play defense a little bit stronger. Tough acting to acting. God bless his soul. Uh, the odd squiggly sound through the song was created with a quika, 
which is a kind of percussion instrument. It was played by a Brazilian musician. Simon did the whistling solo on the song himself. In concert, the whistling was something replaced with a saxophone solo. His wife, Edie Brickell, would sometimes handle the whistling during live shows. This peaked at number nine on the easy listening chart, number seven on the Cashbox Top 100, and number 22 on the Billboard chart, and went as high as six in Canada. I mean, in in Rolling Stone that year, John Landell called this album Simon's least detached, most personal and painful piece of his work so far. This from a lyricist who has never shielded away from pain as subject of truth uh, or subject or theme. Simon, here we go, has appeared on Saturday Night Live 14 times, both as a host and musical guest. He was the host for the second episode, which aired on October 8th, 75, following the George Carlin uh, first episode. On September 29th, Simon made a special appearance on the first SNL past 9-11. On that show, he performed The Boxer to the audience and the New York City firefighters and police officers. He's written a musical called The Cape Man uh, and recorded a companion album called Songs from the Cape Man, released in 97. There we go. We're getting into the saucy here. His ex-wife, Carrie Fisher, said in her autobiography, Wishful Drinking, that Paul Simon, Dick, curved to the right so far <laughs> that it was impossible to fuck him. Now, she said, you got me on that one. You got me on that one. <laughs> Adam did his I was research. Texting my dad, I was like, you're not going to believe about Paul. Had to, <laughs> <laughs> I can see the research here. So that totally. I know, dude. Off guard. That, that was, was a funny. That was a good one. <laughs> the song She Moves On is about her. It's one of her several she's claimed following by the line. If you can get Paul Simon to write a song about you, do it because he is so brilliant at it. Uh, also, that right curved dick. <laughs> It'll hit a spot that you didn't know you wanted or had. <laughs> oh, Paul Simon. Good God. You brought us so much joy today. Uh, he's one of the small number of performers who are named as a copyright owner on their recordings. Uh, he's also an avid fan of the Rangers, the Knicks and the Yankees. Uh, the last NBA Knicks NBA championship came one year after this album release. All right. Are there any questions, uh, from Patreon we got Jer? Uh, I think we have one. Uh, give me a second to look it up, but I w- wanted to show you this quote from the. Oh well, here, here, let's do this. Uh, Steve, this is perfect because this is actually on one of the Patreon questions uh, that I found that Adam's got on the notes. It refers to what we just said about Carrie Fisher. Just said about him saying, "Being that Carrie Fisher was so complimentary of him, what is the nicest thing an ex could say about you uh, that most would ar- you most would agree is true?" It was her fault. <laughs> it was her fault we broke up. Um, something nice. I would like to say that he treated me well, because I feel like I try to do that to people, and I mainly do it so people will tell other people that I treat them well. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nice for my own time, and I would like that to happen, because I feel like I put in the work and I deserve the compliment. I, I, you know, what would be the, Jared, what would be the nicest thing uh, an ex could say about you? About me? That I'm not a dick. Um, you yeah. just packing one. Yeah, I'll take that too. I'll take that. I bet your dick has a huge head. Like it's all helmet. How do you know so much about me? I don't we, know. We, <laughs> you never turn your fucking camera off. The zoom camera is going on. <laughs> 
Uh, we do have two questions. There, all right. Roger Downs, after learning of his nefarious actions, has your opinion of Paul as a person changed? Um, no, you know, look, we, we make fun of him on the podcast because of the whole Los Lobos thing. I, I have no real opinion on him. I think the guy's a genius, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from, you know, it, it's hard to, it's sometimes hard to fill an hour talking about, and I don't just want to be reading shit. So yeah. we, so we get lost, we start having fun. Um, but realistically, it's like, dude, I, I love his music. I really do love it. I, I don't, it's, this was not a hard album to listen to. This was very easy in any format, driving, walking, doing, you know, background music to this. Very like, good background it, music. It's great background music and everything I hear by him, I like. So I, I just look, I, I don't know the guy. I've just heard some shady dealings and those shady dealings, you know, I make me team Garfunkel a little bit. I mean, here's I still, the quote. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was just saying, here's the quote from uh, Steve Berlin from Los Lobos. He said, I have plenty of recollections of working on Graceland. I don't know if you heard the stories, but it was not a pleasant deal for us. I mean, Simon, quite literally, and in no way do I exaggerate when I say he stole the songs from us. I believe it. No, I believe it because we listen to we listen to the song and then we listen to that full album by Los Lobos. He stole it. Without a doubt, he stole it. And they deserve the credit. I gotta listen to that shit. Um, Jared, uh, figure it out because I I'd have to look. Losla, whatever's on that fucking thing. It was years ago, dude. I'm talking years ago. Back when we used to do this shit in person, pre back in the way way back, as we call it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like, dude, if people work on something, you you give them credit. Mm -hmm. You know, I I dude, I when we were doing the goddamn comedy jam and the TV show was coming out, Greg Barrett, who's a comic. He uh, had a show before the goddamn comedy jam called Bring the Rock. Now, I had never heard of it, didn't know anything about it. And when we started doing the jam, you know, I'm posting about it. Some people were like, you're just copying off of Greg Barron, Bring the Rock. And I'm like, no, I don't even know that existed. And then I found out there was another show called Baked with uh, the guitarist, the, 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 the main writer from Metalocalypse. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And, and Steve Agee. And they had a show at the at Baked Potato in the Hollywood Improv where comedians would do some stand-up and then they would sing. But here's the thing. No one – so the, the format – somebody had done it before that. And somebody had done it before that. I didn't create the format. What I brought was me. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the thing that makes the goddamn Comedy Jam cool and my energy, and I turn it into this concert. None of those motherfuckers were doing that. But when it came down to us doing the TV show, like a lawyer reached out about, well, Greg Barron feels like he was, you know, a part creator. And I'm like, cool, give him a fucking associate producer credit, pay him a thousand an episode. There we go. Yeah, pay the guy. I'm not going to argue that. Like, if he really believes that I stole it, which I didn't, and he doesn't think he really believes that. I think his lawyers are just like, we can get you some money for this. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, give people credit. It's not the end of the world. He didn't, no, nobody's nobody's talking about it. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Los Lobos. I'm on. I'm Team Lobos. Team Lobos. Uh, team Rebecca Lobos. <laughs> All right. What's the other question? What else do we got from Patreon? The other question we have is about the Chinese menu thing. Um, what is it? T.J. Gillespie, mother and child reunion, supposedly got his title from the Chinese food menu for chicken and egg dish. What's your go-to order? at your local Chinese spot. Just kidding. What's an unexpected place you found inspiration? 
Is that too deep for us? Wait, this is, we're answering the what's the go to Chinese food order? Because I just Let's had Chinese both. food last night. Uh, sesame chicken, uh, scallion pancakes, uh, pork dumplings, and uh, an egg roll. That's, that's go to. It matters what level of Chinese restaurant am I going to? You know, like a beef por- uh, scallion roll, that's like a nicer Chinese restaurant. But if I go to like some hole in the wall, I'll bang out some orange chicken chow mein and rice and if i'm gonna go somewhere I've, i like a spicy beef noodle soup jer i mean it's got to be an eggplant thing I, yeah because you're you're vegetarian i'm vegan there's no uh there's no real good chinese food in uh in maui so i don't, I don't really what are you talking about there's someone maka haka laka road <laughs> on hakaliki <laughs> make a raid on akalakaka and then take a raid on makaltataka <laughs> that's my favorite one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, Steve uh, Chinese nice. on <laughs> road that's what are you talking about dude um i just joe's ginger joe shanghai here in new york city it's my it's my favorite place to eat i got it last night really? after the procedure i just like ordered chinese food at a podcast and then it, the chinese food met me at my house ate a little bit slept for a few hours woke back up ate the rest it's it's mm. no food is better at reheating in the oven than chinese oh, yeah. food Left without overs. a doubt don't microwave it reheat in the oven trust crispy delicious all yeah. right what's the what's the other one inspiration yeah in an unexpected place Fuck, man. I get inspiration. I really get a lot of inspiration just walking around the streets of New York City. I, I constantly I never felt that way in Los Angeles. Never. I've never once been walking in Los Angeles. But that's, I've never been walking, walking in Los Angeles. I've never I've never felt the. The, the 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 energy that runs through this city and just seeing like crazy people and stepping over this and walking through traffic and it just i don't know what it is man but it's just every day i i'm here i just i say to myself like god damn like i fucking got it good and i'm really able to put my life into gratitude which when i'm put it into gratitude then i'm then i'm as happy as i can be so New York City fortunate dude New York City is what told me told me to to drop out of college and go to Europe with Joel because I was listening to OK Computer, staring at the city from Staten Island. I, it's, it's just it, this is a, this is a this is a town that I always. Josh Wolf said it to me. He goes, when I said I might move here, and he goes, it's going to be the best thing for your career. And he couldn't have been couldn't have been more right. More success came in the year and a half than I've been here than ever in the fourteen years. And I had two TV shows in fucking California and a podcast. Five hundred. Dark Lord Spotify. <laughs> Thank you, Spotify, for that moment. And then you fucking dropped us like a bag of bricks. <laughs> yeah, Steve, you, you should have been on here a year and a half, two years ago, dude. That was nice. You huh? had a budget. Those were the days. Steve, what's your inspiration from an unexpected place? I'll go the opposite way. Because, see, I am a California guy. I can get inspiration while I drive. You know, because I can yeah. turn off my head. I can turn off my brain very easily and almost time more places. And sure. since I'm always in my head so much, when I'm driving, I can get into the nitty gritty of, because you're not going fast. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like I'm flying around. You go down sunset, it takes me 30 minutes to go four miles. Yeah. And so I can just think in my head and do that. Also, like recently, I was uh, last week I was at my in my parents' house freezing to death because my dad won't turn on the fucking heater in the middle of winter. Same, same dude. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then that's where I got it. I go, that was like, I, I go, the pl- only place colder than outside is inside my parents' house. And then I like go into this thing and I was like, okay, you know, that's the cool thing about stand up, And it's kind of why you kind of got to do it as a, uh, 
yes, man. Like anyone says anything, just say yes. Just go because you never know what random thing can get you a joke that changes your fucking life. You're you're so right. Wow. That's such a good perspective is when you're talking to people, just go, yeah, all right. No, tell okay. me more. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me why you feel this way. And there's there's just so much gold in yep. and that's why it's like you can't do stand-up every night. You gotta hang out with regular people. If you don't, then you're, you know, listen, we get a spot in if you can, but but fucking live. And if you don't live, you're never gonna fucking have the material. That's just yeah. Uh, Jared, what about you? Living on fucking riding the waves of Mocha Laco? <laughs> Definitely in the jungle. In a puka shell. <laughs> Definitely in the jungle for sure. But I would say like any city that's not my own, especially a new city I've never been to. Like I'm here in uh, Vegas right now for a conference and I want to go to see this Meow Wolf thing. It's supposed to be really trippy and cool. I don't know. Just going to an environment I've never been to before. You know? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's get you out of here. I've got a, an appointment to get to, but dude, this, uh, Steve, you rule, man. I can't wait to see you when I get to town and congratulations for all your success, dude, because oh. I love I love seeing you get the shine that you deserve. You're one of the best joke writers working in California, for sure. For sure, dude. Well, I appreciate you, man. Ever since I came to LA, you've been very cool to me. You were very nice to me before no one else is. I love to see your success. Love to see what you're doing in New York. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I have a podcast called This Week in Crime. Uh, it's where we do try and make uh, recent criminal stories as funny as possible that happen. Hopefully one day you can do it. I'd love to. I'd love to. All right. I'm going to ask you these questions. I ask everybody. All right. What's your favorite track on this record? Julio. For sure. All right. What's your least favorite track? Um, God, what was number two? It's such a bummer compared <laughs> to what was just. Oh, I had it written so down. True. The like you, you come off the first song, Mother and Child Reunion, and whatever track two is Duncan. Like, Duncan. <laughs> like, that one's sad, and then the one right after that is super sad. And it was just yeah. like kind of like it's a very roller coaster of an album. And so I'd say probably those two that I was just like, sure, I, I killed my buzz, dog. All right. Could you fuck to this record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could fuck to it. You, it wouldn't be the rhythm, but it'd be something so like you drowned out, like you kept the cat's meow out in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not rhythmic bass, but it can like drown out white. It's like white noise. Sure. It's sure. really white. White privilege. It's <laughs> white noise. It is. This is for real white noise. Um, and what would be your what would be your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record? You like this music that's happening in the elevator? <laughs> Let me tell you this album you're really going to like. It's Paul Simon's Paul Simon. It's slightly better than this elevator music. I love that. I love that. All right. You are, you mentioned your podcast. Promote anything else. Your social media, all that website. My social media is at Scuba Steve Fury. It's on Instagram. Scuba like you're diving. Steve, F-U-R-E-Y. I post a bunch of jokes and clips and stuff like that. So check it out. Come to a show. Come to a show. Go see Steve, everybody. Dude, I love you. I'll see you when I come Thank to town. You, man. Right? Thank you guys very much. Cheers. What did I tell you? Stephen Fury, everybody. Follow him on Instagram at Scuba Steve Fury, on Twitter at Steve Fury, and go to his website, stevefury.com. Make sure you check out his podcast, World on Drugs and This Week in Crime. Uh, we want to give two of our Patreon subscribers who chimed in some love Roger Downs and TJ Gillespie. You rule, buddy. All right, new music. We have listeners submitted Russ Cody. It's his band Skip's Museum, and you're listening to the song Fair Weather Man off their album Long Road to Ho. That's a great name. 
Uh, you can find links to their music on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you are in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500 and on our website, send your song to 500podcast at gmail.com. Next week, it's Quadrophenia. Oh, shit. And I think I got a guest that's going to, you know, been they've been on before, but if this goes through, man, it's going to be really cool. Uh, so dig in. The Who, 73, Quadrophenia. Do your homework. Saddest thing you'll ever see. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Next Chapter Podcasts.